Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of What on Earth Are We Doing? with me, Josh. And me, Beth. And we were just debating about what to call this one. And uh, I, uh, yes, I suppose an appropriate title... Is What on Earth is Going On? What on Earth... <laughs> It's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what on earth is happening? So um, it felt a little bit jarring releasing the plastic episode last week uh, because I think most of our listeners listeners are in the UK anyway. Um, The vast majority, yeah. Yeah, and our Prime Minister halted um, and pulled back and changed some of our net zero targets, um, which might not seem like a massive deal, but I found that quite upsetting because I think it sends the message to the wider public that this isn't very important. It does and I suppose, you know, as a spokesperson for the country there's a there's a, there's a much bigger responsibility there mm. um, on that one individual mm. because that one individual becomes the face of the nation. Mm. And I think it can be as as an average citizen, we just had a message from someone who's listening to our podcast and they said, oh, we love it, but it's, you know, isn't it really hard when you're really busy? And it's true, like, there's a lot of other stuff going on. I feel mm. absolutely knackered this week. It's Friday when we're recording and I, oh, just, you know, so many other things to think about, laundry and the baby's bag and stuff for nursery and whatever. And I think for your average citizen that maybe isn't massively engaged in climate action to hear from the Prime Minister, oh, we're already doing fine. We don't need to pursue our targets. Everything's fine. That just really disheartened me. And, yes, and it compounded by the fact that we're talking about a problem that one could justify is affecting us in no way now. Mm. Now, there are parts of the world where that's very much not the case. Even here, that's not the case. But Yeah, sure. But your average UK citizen Mm. may be going about their daily life and thinking, nothing has changed for me, and now our Prime Minister is saying there's no need to make any changes, Mm. or there's no need to make changes at the rate that we had previously agreed upon. Um, I was going to say without getting too political, but it's all political. I think the other frustration is that... (laughs) Um, the excuse, in my opinion, my personal opinion, is that it's his excuse to, is to say, oh, no, we're saving money for your average person. Well, that's not true. And it's not true. It's not true. And late, later down the line, we're, we're going we're gonna to have to pay for the, the, the change to renewables and the change away from fossil fuels at some point. Um, so everyone is going to have to pay for that at some point. And the sooner we do it, the better, because it reduces... And, yeah, and for emissions. me, the... The, the the politic and the and the line of argument around preying on those really that 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 can't afford or that need to cut back or that are affected most by the cost of living crisis and using those as I guess your pawn yeah your target market mm. when you're coming out with this stuff is in, in, it's incredibly underhand mm. um, and not true mm. and so we then get. An additional announcement this week. Oh yeah, this sent me over the edge. I cried. <laughs> that the the Rosebank oil field, oil field, which is just off the coast of the UK, um, has been approved. Ha, yeah, has, has has been approved, and they, they they now want to move ahead and start start work on 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 drilling that oil field and and making use of that reserve. And once again, leading with the the false argument. Mm-hmm. Your bills are going to be cheaper if mm-hmm. we do this. It's not true. 
It's not true. It's, it's, it's absolutely not true. Um, so, yeah, we just want to address this because um, although we very much said this podcast is for people that are dipping their toe in, if you follow me, Beth, personally on Instagram, I posted a lot of stuff about this this week. And if you follow the podcast on Instagram, we've posted some stuff about this this week. And we realised that some people might be like, what on earth is this? I don't know what's happening. This is another thing that is very complicated and maybe you don't have mental capacity for. And I completely get that. So I'd urge you to look at Parents for Future and Greenpeace's latest Instagram reel and sort of carousel of slides because they're very succinct and clear in explaining what's happening. But basically, I don't know why it's called Rosebank. That's just the name. Uh, and so you might have seen Stop Rosebank. It's an oil field. Um, the reports vary somewhere between 300 and 500 million barrels equivalent of oil is underground um, off the coast of Shetland. And... Um, the government, people, yeah, the government, the UK, has approved um, the gas and oil company Equinor the permission to start drilling and extracting that oil, um, which feels so baffling to me, given that we have declared a climate emergency as a country. And as a planet. And as a planet. Um, and we know that more emissions... I just, I, I just can't, I can't understand it, and um, yeah, had a had a massive cry and felt very, very upset at the news on Wednesday morning, um, and then there were some uh, demonstrations and protests, peaceful ones out uh, in London and across the UK um, on Thursday, and there are some more happening this weekend, um, and then realised that actually there are lots of people that care just maybe not the people making the decisions <laughs> yeah so it, it, it i mean it's gone down a gloomy route so far but but i suppose uh, yeah our main intention mm. for, for wanting to just squeeze in this little mini episode was not to say it's all gone to hell in a handbasket well and also to if you haven't seen the news or you have maybe seen what we've posted and think oh what's that's got nothing to do with me um it really does have something to do with you. And we were very mindful about trying to be an accessible podcast. We didn't want to go in too heavy too soon. So we debated about whether to even record this. But it does feel a little bit um, disingenuous to sort of carry on with this podcast that's about the planet and not address this massive... Planetary issue. What yeah, could be seen as a setback yeah. um, for us in the UK. And, and do you know what? Globally, um, I'll talk about this on, an, on another podcast, but I was really fortunate to um, get a place on a carbon literacy course um which is about learning how to talk about climate change and understand climate change and one of the exercises we did was um looking at which countries uh, produce the least amount of emissions and which countries see the largest effects of climate change and what is is really tragically sad in all of this is the countries that contribute the least in terms of emissions are the ones that are suffering the most and so for me um for us drilling the oil field is a massive justice issue because it's going to yeah. release more emissions and the people that are the most vulnerable. This country and, you know, in terms of as the temperatures get hotter and things sort of get more difficult, that affects people that can't afford things everywhere, even the UK. Like, Absolutely, if, yeah. if you're if you're economically disadvantaged for whatever reason, um, that you're going to feel the effects... Um, more strongly that's yeah and the likes of our cabinet and 
the executives at Equinor, those they are not those people. Yeah. And uh, so there is, you're right, it's a justice issue as much as it is mm. you know, a climate mm. concern. So that's a little bit heavy and a little bit sad, but I think it's really important that we, um, that if you're listening and maybe you don't know about these things, that maybe you do sort of engage with that. Um, all that to say, you can do something about it, and I think I've been really uplifted to look at all of these people and massive organisations yeah. that are saying that this isn't okay. I jumped straight in, sort of, you know, on the day on the the, the day that they announced the news and sort of, you know, reaffirmed by you know signing a petition, which was, you know, very straightforward. But you know, if enough thousands of people do it you know, our, our government have to listen. and Oh, yeah, they haven't actually started drilling right this very second. No, so no, it's th- just the approval. The yeah. And one of the first things that, you know, was in terms of, like, a correspondence that I received after that petition was just the in- encouragement that this is not over, mm. this is far from over, and that there's actually still an awful lot more that can be done mm. if enough people realise the, the, gravi- the th- gravitas of this. I, th- I think it was the Greenpeace reel, I'm not sure. One of them had all the U-turns on it. Was it the Greenpeace reel? I, I can't remember. Mm. I think so. Um, saying, like, we know um, when the mini-budget or whatever in the UK was released a couple of... Was it last year? Yeah, it must have been last year. Yeah, last year when it was released and it didn't have a good um, reception. They mm. did a U-turn on it. So we do live in a democracy. The government can change their mind. They can well, course, yeah. grant something and then take it back. So, and if, Yeah, and if enough people want something, mm. you know, you call a referendum and you say, well, this is not okay. Exactly, exactly. And, and so so that's, those, those things are possible, but it does require, you know, a, you know, a, a lot of people doing very little mm. in order to just fly the flag and say this this isn't what is good for the populace Mm. and i think yeah so it's just an encouragement to engage if you haven't been able to engage and it's um and if you have been engaging and you feel a little bit knocked for six and you feel like you're alone in the universe um you're not um i just encourage you to look at greenpeace or parents for future or you know some of those other organizations that um and the Stop Rosebank campaign yeah. itself, which... Is Stop Cambo. Stop Cambo is their Instagram. Is their Instagram handle. C-A-M-B-O. Yeah. Um, Stop Cambo. But but that's now sort of become um, a petition against new oil fields, basically. Um, and so if you, I'm sure if you, if you sort of... Um, Type stop Rosebank into your into your search engine. You you know you'll come up with with the petitions and the and the organisations that are doing stuff around that. So yeah, it might can... be a nice bit of action that you can take right now, and it takes five minutes. Yeah, a little bit of armchair activism. Ooh. Armchair activism. Sign a petition while you sat there with your cup of tea and a biscuit. Okay. So yeah, it's all it's good. Good. Um, I think the other thing that really actually it was the drilling of new oil and gas that got us. Um, sort of linked with a climate action group and it, it was the first time I went on a um I say protest it was a protest um our daughter was in a sling and I uh, like a carrier <laughs> and I went along with her and we stood outside 10 Downing Street and and that was it it was very very calm and <laughs> very nice um but it was uh about n- not um drilling or extracting any new oil and gas and so as much as this is kind of sad and overwhelming I think in some ways it's a tipping point that is causing lots of people to act um which can can be a good thing um if we can get this I'm looking at you because I don't do the editing of the podcast (laughs) if we can get this turned around and sent out soonish um then if you're in the UK on channel four Chris Packham has um 
uh, what's that thing called? A documentary. Documentary, <laughs> documentary yeah. called Is It Time to Break the Law? Um, about um, the environment and, and protesting for the environment and for our future and for a livable planet. And it's very um, good, felt very uplifting, very moving. And it's lovely when celebrities have spoken out on this. I don't know if anyone follows Ellie Goulding. She spoke up yeah, so about I, this. I know, and I saw on her, her on her Instagram that she was there and she was at a march, she was at a, mm. a protest. And it does make a difference when people who have that little bit of influence mm. can just, can just you know, stand up and put mm. their head above the parapet and, and mm. say a little something. You know, very often we keep, you know, we keep our... The, the causes and we you know we keep those sort of things to ourselves we feel like oh I, nobody needs to know what charity i give to every month but you know you you can do good by 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 shedding sharing the the you know the the good news and the not so good news well, that we, we need go. to be stopping i was going to do a whole other podcast on it but it's relevant now so why are we talking about it and i'll just talk about a social tipping point hmm. so there's a um, study in psychology that talks about social tipping points that if enough of the population is talking about something openly as if it is a social norm in the same way we sort of talk about you know we know that smoking maybe you know inside a building is something that we just don't do and when we were kids that sure. was something that people did, they, they do, did do yeah and now we don't and that's been a behavior change Backed by law, but it is a behaviour change. So at the moment, about 10% of people talk openly about the problems of um, the climate crisis. However, and I know this because I looked up the statistic this morning, because mm. part of my carbon literacy, I have to provide a document to say that I've understood in order to get my certificate. And I looked up this statistic from the Office of National Statistics in the UK that say from their latest report, which I believe was 2022, so last year, um, 70 Four seventy seventy. I'm going to go with seventy uh, percent of British people are concerned about the climate crisis. So seventy percent of people are concerned about the environment, and, and only yet ten people are talking about 10% it. Ten percent of people are talking about it. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's just an encouragement as well when someone says like, "Oh, lots of floods," or "Oh, isn't the weather really hot?" or "Oh, you know, isn't gas and oil expensive?" If you feel that you can just start that conversation, and it's okay that you don't know the science. I don't know all the science. I don't. I don't. Unless you're a climate scientist, you don't know all the science. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, one of the amazing things that um, I learned on the carbon literacy course was you can't argue with feelings, right? So if sure. I say to you like, "Oh, how do you feel about the news?" Um, I can't say you're wrong. No one can tell you that you're wrong, and and no one. Can, um, yeah, you can't tell other people that they're wrong because it's ha- how you feel. Mm. So I think the more we sort of talk about this, um, the m- the less alone we'll feel. Because in that message we received from someone today on our Instagram, they all said that they feel really alone and feel like they're the only person sort of trying. Yeah. And it can really feel like that. And it's, you know, it's so... In- Again, this is very much appealing to, to us as Brits, but we're conditioned to to small talk about the weather and then leave it at that. But when the weather, is that? when the weather <laughs> is uh, changing, f- flooding entire streets and is burning entire islands, well, then maybe that conversation of the weather just needs to go on a little bit longer, so that we can, you know, make that social tipping point mm. as early as possible mm. with enough people behind it. And like I would say, it's okay if you find it scary. I sometimes find it scary. But I think the point, why everyone is up in arms and fighting and cross and impassioned is because we are at a point where we can make a difference. All is not lost. The planet is not going to hell in a handbasket. We still have 
relatively stable weather. So for a bit of science, um, COP, which is the conference of the parties or whatever, where they talk about climate change once a year, mm. um, in 2015, they came together, I think it was in Paris, and they had the Paris Agreement, sure. um, which you might have heard of if you have engaged in anything to do with climate change. And the countries agreed that they would not get... The, um, let the temperature get above 1.5 degrees higher hotter than it was at that time yeah yeah any hotter we are at 1.2 so all is not lost because we're at 1.2 and mm-hmm. we've all agreed that we won't get past 1.5 we're not on track for that with the way that things are going and the reason that people are cross and up in arms and fighting is because we can stay under that if we change and we have to um, change and, and what we talk about on our podcast is the individual changes um, so don't underestimate the individual changes they they make a massive difference um, but also we have to tell our elected leaders our government our MPs our prime minister what we think uh, because part of it is their responsibility as well yeah yeah, it's not too late to make some noise. No, definitely not. And another thing, sorry, harping on about this carbon literacy training, but it was really positive and really uplifting. And at the end, we were asked to share how we feel. And I said defiant. I felt very defiant. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm not going to let those people win. We can definitely um, make a change and a difference. But one of the things we learned about on the course was there's individual action, but then there's something called your climate shadow which I think was really lovely. I was telling you about this. Mm. Um, which is every time you make an action in favour of reducing your emissions or in, in favour of the planet. And, I mean, caring for the planet has so many other wonderful benefits for us as human beings, like our mental health, our physical health, our, our wallets and our finances. Often walking is cheaper, it's healthier for us, it's good for our brains. So there's lots of co-benefits other than just... <laughs> saving life on earth um but anytime you do that and somebody goes oh oh I didn't know you did that it's an opportunity for you to say oh yeah I don't you know I decided to walk today because I'm trying to use my petrol car less or you know we use cloth nappies because we're trying to limit the amount of waste we produce yeah um so just don't underestimate those tiny little things in fact Sorry, I've talked loads. <laughs> sure. Don't bother me. I met. Um, I went to a new playgroup with our daughter yesterday on my day off, and I met this um, girl, and we swapped numbers. She's really lovely. Um, but within the first half an hour, she turned to me and she went, "I think you'll like this. Most of my daughter's clothes are secondhand." I'd known this woman for like thirty minutes. <laughs> She'd already. Did you just give off that vibe? Well, she asked or... what I did for a job. Oh, and so you, I told okay. her. Yeah, you'd wax lyrical within the first half an hour. Well, then also they offered me a cup of tea. Yeah, everybody knows. And, and um, you said, "Is it in a paper cup?" <laughs> no, I didn't actually. It was in a crockery cup. Oh right. They asked about milk. And right. um, the the next episode we'll release that we haven't we've recorded but we haven't released yet is about food and about how if you. Um, sort of make choices away from dairy and red meat that those those choices have carbon impacts so um the girl had said oh i'd like to have oat milk and i said oh is it okay if i have oat milk um and she said oh i can't believe you drink oat milk and i said oh you're vegan she said no i'm lactose intolerant and i said oh i'm trying to avoid too much dairy for the planet so that was like my opening line to this stranger (laughs) but the fact that you'd made you know you'd made that known 
yeah. early on. And, and within... Nobody was in any doubt where you were on that issue. Exactly. And then in less than an hour, she turned around and said, oh, all of my daughter's clothes are second-hand. Um, I, I think you'll appreciate this. So don't underestimate those offhand remarks that you yeah. make or those those small things that you're doing in your life. I mean, even, like, we've walked to church before, which is about a half an hour walk. Yeah, 25, 25 minutes, maybe. Yeah. And people go, you walked! And we're like, yeah, it's not, it's not that far. It's not that far. While we're still, while we're still fit and able, we may as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, don't underestimate what you can do. There you go. It's not all doom and gloom, and you're not too late. No, it's not too late to join the party. Come and join us. It's really fun. It's not scary. You don't have to get arrested. You can just say, I'm not standing for this. Yeah. For me or for my children or for my nieces and nephews or whatever, or my grandchildren, depending on who's listening, you can say I'm not standing for it. So, And if you feel overwhelmed, just drop us a message. We're happy to talk about it. Yeah, message us on, on Instagram um, at woe underscore pod, W-O-E underscore P-O-D, or you can email us um, woepod at gmail.com. Uh, we'd really love to hear from you and, and just to join in that, that conversation. Yeah, thank you. And normal service shall resume <laughs> next, next Friday. <laughs> yeah. Very well. Bye. Bye.